Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to Seggy Station. Just a man that's a nickname, always allowed to say with no shame. Tuesday, March 30th, 2021. Hope all is well out there, everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Segling here. You're listening to Seggy Station Podcast. I got some company coming through today as well. As always, via StreamYard, Rich Hot Takes Letty coming through. We got some NBA to touch on, jam-packed slate last night. I got some March Madness recordings and headlines to get into with my guy Rich. I'll try and clean it up on the buttons today. Jam-packed day of sports yesterday. You got March Madness Elite Eight, both on the men's and women's side games this evening as well. And we're just one day closer to the NFL Draft, one day closer to MLB Opening Day, which is this Thursday. And obviously, the sports world continues to provide guys like me with plenty of content, and it's a good time to be a sports fan. Masters right around the corner, plenty to touch on in the world of sports. Looking forward to doing it with Rich today. Appreciate all the love and support for the podcast, as always. Uh, I'm looking forward to announcing... Some of the details on a giveaway opportunity I'm doing through my podcast, but you can check that out as always on my Instagram or Twitter page at Seggy Station. Got the podcast out on Spotify, still up on Podbean, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. So hopefully you get your podcast there. Appreciate all love and support as always. Right now it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk. Microphone is always direct. Time to reflect. Rich should be here in a minute. I'm hoping. Always trying to link up with Rich. Talk some NBA. Get into some of the NCAA. I got to get these recordings ready. So I'll do that. Hopefully Rich is here in a minute. I'll start it up. Rich will be here in two. Just want to give a quick... Update on the details for my giveaway, so anybody listening or supporting my podcast can hopefully support my giveaway opportunity. It's upwards to $50 of value. It's free. It's easy to do. All you got to do is support not only my Instagram page, I also got an opportunity for you to support my Twitch stream, which is it's underscore seggy underscore G, where you can also find a live version of the podcast there. Get to see a couple of my buddies, get to see myself, some of the gear that we got up. The gear that I'm supporting is a gear that I'm getting, giving away in the giveaway, I'm sorry, which is a Brie Rally Foundation sweater in support of my friend Shana Mae Rally and her, her foundation. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing her actually this Saturday in which she's going to be opening up a warehouse really with these sweatshirts and her foundation launching off the ground. She needs some more space. She needs some more uh, opportunity to grow and it's an absolute inspiration to me to see what she's doing so I'm trying to support her and the things she's doing any way that I can and this is one way that she's really gone about spreading uh, what she's doing to other people out there that may want to support her so I'm going to try to do so as well if you want to get your hands on one of those sweatshirts I'm also going to throw some stickers and one of my Seggy Station podcast stickers in the giveaway as well with some candy all you got to do, as I mentioned, go and follow my page, my pages, her pages. She's on Facebook as well, but also on Instagram at Brie Rally Foundation. Um, you can also follow her main pages as well if you'd like. Into a lot of fitness, a lot of great things that she's doing there. And then you can certainly comment on any of my podcast posts, but one of the 
particular giveaway posts, whatever one you want to comment on. Give me your favorite sports team all time. Give me your favorite sports moment all time. And really, it just creates some good conversation uh, that I like to read up on some of the memories, like to see some of my friends, friends of friends, uh, people that I know chiming in, joining the conversation. So if you join the giveaway, you're not only supporting a good cause, but you're supporting myself. And as always, all that support, not only for what I'm doing with my podcast, but on my pages, whatever I'm doing means a lot. And I know it means a lot to her as well with all she's doing and all the support she's gotten more and more helps. So appreciate everybody that supports me in the podcast. Um, please try and spread the word. You can share, you can share my page. Uh, you can, uh, do whatever. I mean, share the podcast. Uh, we're trying to really spread the conversation, spread the brand here. And it doesn't start without the support and the help of people that support it. So thank you all. Hopefully you join the giveaway and you'll have until this upcoming Sunday, 4-4-2021 at 11.59 PM Eastern standard time to enter the giveaway which hopefully I'll be back next Monday to announce the winner and get back in for another podcast as I will be off to work for the rest of the week. So won't be doing as much podding. Definitely be following the world of sports and I'll be tuning back in, like I mentioned, on Monday to not only get back into the sports world, but to announce the winner of the giveaway. Perfect timing. Rich is here. I just plugged the giveaway. Hopefully you get in the giveaway, Rich, which... Uh, I've sure. mentioned it to you. All you got to do is check it out. But you got a week to do so. So I know you're always giving time coming on the pod. And so uh, I know you'll give me time to do that. Anyways, wow, what a wild night in sports. Uh, I don't even know where to start right now because I want to touch on all the NBA and I want to kind of run back through and do yeah. the game we did yesterday because I botched the buttons and I think I got it down today. I didn't have to use any tape. I'll keep my fingers crossed. But uh, – I, if I didn't start with just shouting out the NCAA quick, uh, the fact that you got now two teams in the Final Four on the men's side, Houston and Baylor. Houston making it back for the first time since 1984. Five slam a which I don't know anything about. I wasn't even born. 67-61 uh, was the final. Hakeem Olajuwon's team. Yep. Uh, and then you got... Uh, I don't think we are live at this point either, Rich, because you got Baylor on the men's side that took care of Arkansas, 81-72. Uh, they're making their first Final Four appearance since 1950. Um, so great stuff for them. You got USC versus the Zags. We've covered them a good amount. Jalen Suggs. You got UCLA versus Michigan, TBS, both those games tonight. Obviously some good basketball to be had. But here the main story, I think, uh, is on the women's side here, Rich. And also some news coming out uh, this morning that the Supreme Court is to uh, mold the NCAA future potentially as the nation's highest court is set to weigh in on the business model of college sports, which I think there's going to be a lot at stake here. And this is going to be something that you should follow. Uh, I've been talking about this here for a second, and I think things are getting a little serious here for the NCAA. So that's definitely something to touch on, but we'll save that for another day because I do have a lot more to touch on which is mainly I need to touch on this Baylor-UConn game because, of course, we're going to get into the NBA and Russ, and I was watching it on League Pass, and don't worry, I didn't miss it, and what he did last night was unreal after me going in unreal. yesterday on him and talking about him. I mean, that was one of the best games I've ever seen him play. We'll touch on that for sure. 
But we need to touch on this UConn women's game uh, between Baylor and UConn. Happened last night, and I got a few recordings for you, Rich. Let me uh, play a couple of these. Win the game, you feel a certain way. And Kim Mulkey did as she was asked about the no call. What did you see when DJNA dropped the ball from where you were standing? What did you see? I was surprised they didn't call a foul and write it like that. You don't need a quote from me. I've got steel shots and video from two angles. One kid hits her in the face and one kid hits her on the elbow. Well, we do need the quote from you, Coach, but we got it anyway because... You... So, Rich, I, I, I assume you saw the play. I assume you saw the still shot picture. I assume, like everything else that we've talked about uh, before, where, hey, here's the thing. there's This happens in sports all the time. I mean, realistically, there's missed calls in every single sport, and blatantly, controversially, whatever you want to call it, last night... There was clearly a missed call at the biggest moment of the game for in Baylor and UConn. And Kim Mulkey's response to it, in my opinion, was a little bit uh, just derogatory. Um, you go and listen to Gino or Emma's response, and obviously his is going to be different. Obviously, you're going to be on different sides of the spectrum. But basically where I'm going at where with this is this happens in sports all the time. And I think if it happens to your team or it happens to a team you're like and it affects your team, yeah, of course, you're going to say it was a missed call. But I would also argue, and I watched literally almost this entire game flipping back and forth because I had to, men's and women's, because they're on at the same time. Talked about this yesterday on the pod. Bro, the Baylor team shot 11 free throws to UConn's two in the first half. Tons of missed calls. You go and listen to some of the sports talk on this, including to Jay Williams. I'll play a little bit right here, and I want you to listen to Gino on this, Rich. Absolutely love that. Couldn't agree more. And and maybe it's because I'm rooting for UConn. But, like, 
If it, it's happened before to my Giants, it's happened to you and your Knicks, Rich. It's happened to every one of us that supports a sports team, bro. It's part of sports. Missed calls, officiating. We've talked about it on the podcast before. And really, it just happens to be the biggest moment of a Elite Eight game for between, in my opinion, one, two of the best teams, if not the two best teams in women's college basketball playing in the Elite Eight, which, okay, matchups, but regardless of the situation, like, it's happened before to the Saints. It's ha- we've covered it on since I've been doing the podcast, and if you watch the entire game, particularly last night, the Saints is way worse than obviously comparable to last night because, like Jay mentioned, that's the type of tone that was set by the officials. And yeah, it was probably a missed and blown call, but they had missed and blown calls throughout the entire game. So it's a wishy-washy conversation. It's part of sports, and it's something you're going to hear about all day on the airwaves. Everyone's going to have a take on it. I'm curious to get yours. You might be on mute. You might be on mute. Nope. Hello? Um. Yeah, full disclosure, I didn't watch. Um. I wasn't watching during the game. Just too much stuff, honestly, talked about yesterday. I was watching some NBA. I was watching some of the men's March Madness. And honestly, kind of forgot the women's on, which is like, yeah. A whole other topic that we kind of covered yesterday at CAs fall for both at the same time because I would have liked to watch UConn just plot on. But I watched the replays of it and I'm not going to go into too much of what you said and what Jay said because I, I agree with it. I didn't hear what you said too. I agree with it. I didn't see the full game, but that's usually the story of it. People focus in on one call and there was a whole game where the game's being called one way and the other team benefited too. I didn't see that, but I believe it that happened. Yeah. Um, what I would say is, for example, I think we talked about it a little bit on here, like the men's game, I think it was Texas. It sucks to see the game decided by the officials more than the players. So when you're driving at the end of the game rather than taking a jump shot, that's why you don't see that as much. Like some guys want to drive, you know, James Harden's gotten a lot of shit for it. At the end of the game, kind of putting putting the game in the hands of the officials and like yep. trying to get to the line and hoping they make the call. And I'm not saying that's what she was doing at all, but it's the risky part about driving to the rim. Oh, she was certainly contact. doing that. Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal was fouled on 90% of the plays he played in scoring a basket in the NBA. But when you're down low, you're not going to get the calls every time. So it's sort of the risk you run. Easy for me to say being a UConn fan, but I'd say that's why you don't put the hand, uh, the game in the hands of the officials, why you do see people settle for open jump shots a lot of the times at the end of the game because there's less of a chance of contact, more of a chance of getting off a clean shot. So it definitely sucks, but it, I think it's hard to get really pissed about it. Let me just say something real quick before we switch out of the NCAA, which is I watched a lot of that women's game last night. By the way, I don't watch too much women's basketball, but I'll check in on it when I can. Uh, they play still four quarters, which I love. The the NCAA men should play yeah. four quarters. Like the the two quarter thing is dumb for me. I love the the setup for the women's. And Baylor had a ten point lead in the second half. UConn goes on a 19-0 run to take the lead. Then Baylor comes back with an eight two run. It's super close. Three points down the end of the stretch. I mean, it was a great game, dude. Paige Beckers had twenty eight points. She scored 563 points as a freshman, which is third most in UConn history. She also, the game before in the Sweet 16, went for 18-9-8, sending them to their 13th straight Final Four, UConn's women's basketball. 13th straight Final Four. John Wooden has nine. Put that into perspective. All right, let's switch out of it. NCAA has been good. Controversial call, but we'll switch into the NBA. And there was a huge slate last night, Rich. I kind of want to do it like this, 
where we played the game yesterday. There was 11 games last night. Figure there's a lot of teams. Can run through all the scores real quick. We'd be able to cover yeah. some teams, and we'll either hit the brakes or keep it moving. I'll start with it first being the first game I see on my slate, which was Wizards 132, Pacers 124 in a victory. In which, yeah, we are absolutely hitting the brakes, and I have the right buttons today. Um, Incredible. Russell Westbrook, 35 points, 14 rebounds, 21 assists, 54% field goal shooting. His 20-point, 20-assist game in the last five seasons, he's got six of those. The rest of the NBA has one, Chris Paul. You go and check out the game that he had last night. It's literally the first 35-10-20 game in NBA history. He did it with two steals, and he did it having 18 assists through three quarters. Also, I mind you, winning the game. Like, the Pacers are a good team, a playoff team. Bradley Beal was not in this game. And I gave you the stats on Russell Westbrook yesterday. He had a bum game the other night, came out, had a triple-double the next night. He's now leading the Wizards in franchise history with triple-doubles, just 38 games played for the team. It's incredible. Don't hate on this, man. And everyone is because, what, the team's not winning? They're going to start winning some more. They're going to start winning some more. Don't worry. This team's making the play-in tournament. They're going to start winning some more. They're going to be there when it matters because of Russell Westbrook and because of Bradley Beal, the only two pieces they really have. But Denny Avi is playing better. They lost Tony Bryant or Thomas Bryant to a uh, ACL injury, which really hurt them th- for this year, in my opinion. But I think the Wizards still will compete for that play-in. I think Russell Westbrook gets hit on way too much, and he is quietly just putting on a show every single night still in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I was on here defending him yesterday. That was nuts. I um, that was like a 2017 MVP Russell Westbrook year. Like that was an insane game, 2020 game. I uh, they also lost Daniel Gafford last game. He had a nasty ankle injury last night in the game. They just traded for him two days or a few days ago from the Bulls. He was looking great out there. So that sucks that he went down. Bradley Beal's been in the last few games before this, just not looking himself. I don't know if he's injured. He was then he was out two games or whatever. They play again tonight. I assume he'll be back tonight. But Russ is Russ is looking like Russ right now, and I mean it, it sucks. But I kind of just still fall back on what I said yesterday. I'm not poo pooing his performance at all. I was hyping him up yesterday, saying it's not his fault. But I still kind of find it hard to see them making the play in tournament unless we're seeing Bradley Beal at 100 percent and this Russ because of how bad the rest of the team is. But I am don't get me wrong. I would like to see this team in the eight spot, in the seven spot, in the playoffs over a lot of the other teams besides the Knicks that might be there because they just have, like, exciting guys on their team. I just I just don't have faith in the roster after Bradley Beal and Russ. But it was it was an all-time performance from Russell Westbrook last night, best performance of the night, his best performance of the year, maybe his best performance in a few years, and that's coming. That's not a knock on Russell Westbrook. Like, he's had some crazy performance performances like it towards pre-COVID shutdown with the Rockets last year, but, like, this was – this was like 2017. Dude, he had two big night. threes, one of them in the face of the leading shot blocker in the league in Miles Turner last night. Uh, it's his four triple-double with 20-plus points, 20-plus assists, which passes Oscar Robinson and Magic Johnson for most all-time. He's got six career 2020 games. I mean, I don't understand. Like, I like because the here's my thing. The roster, you just mentioned the roster, but if – if they somehow make it to the play-in with this roster after how this season started, it, there, there is no knock on how you can 
not defend this man being an all-time great player in this league. Like, regardless of what you have to say about him and not being able to win when it's playoff or championship-level rings. I mean, he just puts it on every single night. I'll, I'll put it this way. Last night, and if you didn't, not you, but, like, anyone listening, if anyone didn't see the game, it's worth going to YouTube and, like, at YouTube puts up, like, a 10-minute thing of, like, all, like, the best plays of the game and puts it together. Like, he was on a different level. Like, people call it, like, stat padding what he does. Like, if you actually watch the game, it's... Like, sure, you could call it stat padding in the sense that he's getting more stats than anyone else, but it's not that. he. The dude is literally everywhere at Bro, all did, did I? Did you if see the you, video I watch, sent you of, in you the chat? If you watch the game and you come away from the game being like, oh, he's just trying to put up stats, you're you're not watching what the dude is doing. Like, no. every rebound that comes down, he's in the right spot for the way it's bouncing. Yep. He was every single time down the court, and he was even hitting some threes, like you said. Yep. Every single time down the court, it's driving the lane, and it was either a handoff to someone slashing right next yep. to him or him going up, and that was dude. like – literally 25 plays in a row to get up the win. Like, it was one of the best performances I've seen from him in a long time. They were down 116 to 110 after being up in this game. He had 17 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, they literally won the game because of him. Like, that. Like Denny Avia hit, like, a shot, like, at the end of the game in which I was like, oh, thank God, because we, we might have lost the game. Like, he might have had that type of game and lost the game in which I would have been like, everyone's hating on him because because he has that type of game and they lose. Like, bro, that is what kills me, bro. There was a stretch where so happy they won the ESPN. game. I pulled up the ESPN um, like game by uh, play by play breakdown because of what I was watching and I wanted to see it. And there was a stretch where it went Russell Westbrook layup, Russell Westbrook steal, Russell Westbrook layup, uh, Russell Westbrook rebound, Russell Westbrook three pointer, and it was literally just things about all Russell Westbrook all in a row like assist, rebound, steal, layup without anyone on the whole other court doing anything. Like you could know nothing about basketball and be watching that that game last night and you're like. Oh, so this dude's by far the best player on the court tonight. Uh, like it's it was it was a crazy performance for real. Okay, moving on. I guess I'll keep it going. You can make the decisions today. Pelicans took care of the Celtics, one fifteen one oh nine last night. Keep it moving and hit the brakes on these two teams. Uh, um, I, honestly, I watched most of the games. So I didn't watch this one, so I'll just keep it moving on this one. Celtics are not looking great. Zion Williamson is the real deal, and we'll have to catch up on this definitely at some point coming soon. Yeah. The Nets took care of the Timberwolves, 112-107. Keep it moving and hit the brakes on any of these two teams. Uh, we'll, we'll, We can hit the brakes on this one for a second. Love that. Uh, I did want to say just, just real quick before you say anything. Uh, saw that Carl Anthony Towns was a little emotional. His dad made it back to the game after, obviously, all the loss we covered here. Uh, just incredible what he's doing. Like, he's putting up some good numbers right now. I know the T-Wolves record isn't great, and obviously uh, Anthony Edwards and Cat are basically all they have. But, like, he's putting up some pretty decent numbers for being out with COVID, all the tragedy he went through. Uh, it's incredible to see this dude crying after games. And putting up, you know, twenty and and thir- and thirteen or whatever he's doing with blocks and steals and and w- their T Wolves have won a few games since he's been back, so you got to give him some props. They lose it, this one to the Nets, obviously, uh, but just need to give that a quick shout out. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's um uh, my only reason for stopping it was just looking at uh, Lamarcus Aldridge didn't play this this game. He'll probably make his debut in a week. But even Blake Griffin out there right now, just to pause on for all the people that were thinking that's a bigger deal than it was. He's playing. This is without Lamarcus Aldridge there. This is without Kevin Durant there. So when they come back, it's going to be even less minutes. 
but he's only playing 19 minutes a night, putting up like five points, seven points. I think he had one like 15 point. 17, um, yeah, I saw that. 17 yep. point game night. But like, I, I just point that out to say, I, I think the names, and I touched on it a little bit yesterday, of the whole deal are getting a little bit overblown. His own, his role is only going to be reduced more as more people come back. And don't get me wrong, it's it's good to have veteran guys coming off your bench who know their role but the question is going to be do they know their role coming on coming off the bench playing like 14 minutes a night he's only playing 19 and that's with with two of their better players not playing right now so i only bring that up to say nets have been great nets have been incredible i'm not worried about the team at all and the good thing about it i say like are they going to know their role the good thing about it is they got Blake and Aldridge both on buyouts. So even if something happened where like they were having problems on one of those guys, they gave those guys minimum deals and could literally cut ways with them at any point. So I just bring that up to say I don't think those signings are as big of a deal as people making them. But the Nets are are absolutely a super team because of those three stars. They are playing incredible, and uh, it's hard to say that they're not the favorites for a title right now to me, just with the Lakers being banged up, Sixers being banged up. I disagree with the favorite for the finals, but I completely agree with the fact that. Just adding these two players, it was a super team before. Um, yeah. But now with that picture of them three and those two, I mean, it just looks like you got a fucking all-star team because of the names, because of the faces. And and looking at that is kind of incredible. It's like, damn, all that just to take down LeBron James? I still don't think you can. I still don't think you can. And you have to get there out of the East to even have a chance to take down one of the West. And the thing that we've seen, and I covered it a little bit yesterday, is trying to bring through all these all-star talent, 41-plus appearances by these guys, with some of these players under a first-year head coach that doesn't really play great defense, come playoff time where defense gets amped up, can they get it done when realistically KD hasn't played a lick in the past month? We'll see if he can come back and, and be able to mesh with all these guys. Like, it'll be interesting to me. Like, it'll be very interesting to me to see all these guys active at the same time playing an NBA game before the playoffs the even media, start. The media, ESPN, everyone does this every single year at the buyout market. Big names of guys who are washed up and not good anymore get bought out, and we act like it's the end of the world. Stephon Marbury is going to the 9 Boston Celtics. Oh, my God. Didn't even play in the playoffs. was absolutely ter- terrible. Darren Williams. Oh, my God. How did the Cavaliers get Darren Williams? Absolutely terrible. Shouldn't even see the floor in the, in the finals. Like, we just do this every year. And, like, LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin are a little better than that. But, like, people just get so attached to the names of people. And, like, we're on the same page here. But I've just seen so much out there about how like this is like unfair like people being like how do they veto the chris paul trade and let this happen like the nba owned the hornets at the time and vetoed the trade because it was unfair no i agree dude this doesn't this this doesn't scare me at all like bro this doesn't scare me at all like if they were winning the championship it's not because you added blake griffin and lamarcus aldridge like you're you're doing like you could have vetoed you could have vetoed the james harden trade if you're gonna talk about veto and shit like LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin ain't going to do nothing uh, in terms of them actually winning a championship. It'll be, they'll be a small role, trust me. And it'll it'll be to see if KD can come back and mesh with James Harden and Kyrie and how those guys, like you mentioned, can, can get that backseat role and if they will even be willing to do that. I will say the only way where this is like a title swinging game changer is if something happens where like, Joe Harris, Jeff Green, Nick Claxton get like one of them get really hurt. And then instead of putting like Timothy Luolo Cabaru in there for 40 minutes, you can put 20 minutes of Aldridge and 20 minutes of Blake. That's a much better.
your solution. But at the end of the day, everything you said is true. These guys aren't the reason you're winning the title. They're like a nice safety insurance piece to have. To exactly. Sure you got roster piece. Exactly. And people need to understand that. Uh, just real quick, though. The Nets are 32-15. and 15. They've won, I believe, it's like 17 in their last 20 games without Kevin Durant. And you go and match that up with the Timberwolves, which I had to give uh, Ant Man and Cat some love, but they're eleven and thirty six, like uh, two different directions of franchises, right yep. there. All right, moving it on. We don't we don't have to get too far into it, but man, James Harden for MVP is becoming. A yeah, very we'll touch on yeah. Chill out. We'll touch on that on the way out. Uh let's keep it moving through the slate. Heat took care of your Knicks last night, ninety eight yeah. eighty eight. Hit the brakes or keep it moving on this one. We'll hit the brakes for a second just because it's the Knicks. Yeah, we need to. A, we need to because slow scoring game. Yeah, hold on a second here. So Mitchell Robinson injury is tough, but I do think the Knicks will yep. still be in this play-in conversation, playoff consideration in the Eastern Conference. They're twenty-four yep. and twenty-three. The Heat are currently twenty-three and twenty-four, and I think the Heat will be better record-wise than the Knicks come playoff time. Obviously, their additions, Victor Oladipo, and some of their moves come. Trade deadline time will hopefully be key for that, being able to keep uh, those other guys as well, Hero, Duncan. So I think the Heat will be a legit squad come Eastern Conference. But I think the Knicks are as well, man. They lose a game, that's fine. But they were still winning games, quickly getting minutes. And I I, I guess, I mean, is Obi going to be able to fill it for... Like who's gonna be able to fill this role right now? Because I don't. There's no timetable on Marcus Robinson returning. Like I don't know if he's gonna even return this Correct, season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if they he make the playoffs, it's, it's gonna be without him. And if they and if they're doing that without him, like who's gonna be the guy? I mean, the answer unfortunately is Taj Gibson. Um, that's what the answer's been so far this year. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good answer. That's just what Tom Thibodeau's answer has been. He's been playing better than I would have thought, but um. Yeah, they're going to need to make a signing, I would think. I really wanted them to get a Gorgie Dang. I thought that would have been a way better ad, by the way, for the Nets than any of the guys they got who the Grizzlies bought out, like seven foot two guy who could like kind of move on D, can kind of shoot. But it looks like the Spurs actually picked him up the other day. Uh, but I'd imagine the Knicks are going to need to sign some other big out there. I doubt Mitchell Robinson comes back this year. Obi Toppin is, oh man, I don't want to, I don't want to go too far. It's It's early, but like, I didn't love the pick at the time, but when a guy comes in, who's usually when you're drafting a guy who's been at school for three years, is older than all the other rookies, you're hoping he comes in looking a little more polished. I I don't know about his how great of an NBA career he's going to have. Granted, he's really young. He's only half a season into it, but like he seems like a run and dunk guy that can't play defense and like doesn't have much like lateral quickness on D like, I don't think it's going to go well. I really wanted Halliburton and uh, I'm rooting for Obi Toppin. Like I'll be rooting for him every time he's out there. I'm not like totally giving up on him, but from what I've seen so far, I know he's a rookie. I know Tibbs doesn't give too much love to rookies. He hasn't had too much of a chance, but I, I don't see him being a huge piece for the Knicks going forward. So that's kind of unfortunate. So I think they're going to need to make a signing, but I think they'll stay afloat. 100% will be in the play-in tournament, um, I would say. But they're going to need to make a signing. Obviously, trade deadline's over. You can't make a trade. I think you got to bring in some big that could play minutes because what happens if Nerlens Noel gets hurt? Your front court is Taj Gibson and Obi Toppin and 
I, I don't, Kevin, Kevin Knox, you're playing at the power forward that like, I don't even know what we're doing. Like then you're Then you've got to be falling out of the play <laughs> tournament. If that's the front court, because the defense has been really strong, but it's yeah. Good. Yeah. So it's here's the thing. You, you clearly got no love for Obi. I got a, I got a good amount of love for Obi. I think give him some time. Uh, I got a lot of love for quickly. I think he's a real deal. Get him some more minutes. And oh, I, I do love, think love the Knicks, if they're going to be this, okay, we're going to be competing for a playoff spot, playing tournament, you're right. They're going to need to make a move now with Mitchell Robinson going down. If they don't, in terms of bringing in one of these buyout guys, whatever it is, I saw uh, Jeff T going and signing with the Bucks uh, last night. So just another random buyout signing didn't free agency. Trade, didn't they get George Hill in a trade too? Nah, George Hill signed with the Where, Sixers. Oh, Sixers. Sixers, my bad. Sixers, yeah, George yeah. Hill signs with all these teams though. Like I think I think Jeff Teague's an up he was with the Bucks last year, George Hill. I think I think Jeff Teague's an upgrade as a backup point guard from George Hill though. I, oh, I would I in- fully disagree with that. George Hill, better shooter and better defender. Neither's great right now, but Teague is Teague has looked washed as could be out there for the Celtics. <sighs> He's another one of those guys where it's like there's a reason they didn't want him, but Arguing George Hill and Jeff Teague is going to get us nowhere. <laughs> They're not that far. Yeah, that's far. true. All right, that's a good point. Let's keep it moving then. Uh, Pistons took care of the Raptors last night, 118-104. Hit the brakes or keep it moving? Uh, we could keep it moving. The Raptors have been terrible. I don't know what they're doing. At least, do uh, me, at least give me some credit on me saying the Raptors were going to be buns. Yeah, you you called that one. I mean, I guess the best – you even said it going into it, but I feel like the best reason has got to be them just like – having zero home games and just literally not being able to play in Toronto. I see no excuse for how they're this bad because I Agreed. still feel like they're a better team than teams that are going to make the playoffs. Like, if the Knicks and Raptors matched up in the playoffs, that's not going to happen. But, like, I, I would feel like the Raptors would win that playoff series. So like, I, Oh, I okay here, bro. Well, you, all right, dude. See, the, Ra- like, the Raptors got some talent. Van Vliet, Lowry's still there. We'll see what goes on with him. He didn't get moved to that trade deadline. Boucher, whatever, these young guys. But realistically, bro... Like, the Raptors, and I get it. It goes into, like, my whole take on them not playing any home games, technically, all the way games, living in a different state or country, technically, if you want to go that far. Like, it's just a lot with COVID going on, living in Florida. Uh, It's like being on vacation. Like, I just predicted them not to be the greatest uh, team because of that, and it's come to fruition. I think they'll be a better team going forward, but I think just this year, like, nah. Like, I would have the Knicks beating the Raptors, no doubt. Uh, let's keep it moving though. The Grizzlies 120-110 over the Rockets last night. Grizzlies now 22 and 22 in the West. Hit the brakes or keep it moving here. Uh, if you want to say anything about the Grizzlies, go for it. But I have nothing to say about the Rockets. They're this dude. Right uh, yeah, we'll see. Of course, Steven Silas. After every game, I had a post up of this yesterday, looking yeah. like a dude that is coming out of a 13-hour shift at Popeyes. I mean, Jesus. Uh. <laughs> I feel so bad for that, man. And then for the yeah. Grizzlies, bro, I I love Ja, and I like the fact that the Grizzlies have an even 500 record, are just under the radar, flying under the radar, just like De'Aaron Fox in the Kings, and all the hype is on Zion Williamson. And here's the thing. Zion's been incredible. He's one game shy of, of passing Shaq's record for 20-plus points uh, with 50-plus field goal percent shooting of like 26 straight games it's going to be like dude's incredible right now and he's doing it at this point guard ask position which is just yeah. like really tough to guard obviously in the nba when you got this derrick henry ask nba player dunking on you um so yeah it's incredible but i think 
Ja, De'Aaron Fox, some of these young, talented NBA players get lost because of this hype around the name Zion Williamson. Like, the Grizzlies are in good shape. They're currently ahead of Zion Williamson, the Pelicans. Let me just remind you that, too, by the way. The other thing to me is the Grizzlies, more than any other team, like after John Morant, I am just so uninterested in watching anyone on their roster play basketball. They just have such a boring roster behind John Morant with Jaron Jackson Jr. haven't been out all year. True. He's expected to hopefully come back soon. Um, Kyle Anderson and Jonas Valanciunas are just not fun NBA players to watch. Like, uh, true. I I think I think Jonas is a great DraftKings player, though. I mean, he's great, low value, like. Puts Dylan, up good Dylan numbers. Brooks plays a really good role for them, and I think like as a guy you want to keep around. There's nothing wrong with having Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson, Jonas Valanciunas. It'd be great to see them get like an exciting guy at like the three or the four position to bring in there too with them. Just like one more star player, because to me they're just like a boring team. They have like eleven guys in their rotation. They have like five guards who are just like good players that get playing time. Desmond Bain. Uh, DeAnthony Melton, Tyus Jones, John Morant, Grayson Allen, Dylan Brooks. Like, it's just, I don't know. They need to, like, get rid of some of their pieces and bring in, like, one stronger guy. Just want to say, you told me to hit the brakes on the Grizz, and you literally just plugged the Grizz. Yeah. Uh, 127-106, the Mavericks took care of my tanking Thunder, who are now 19-27, and 27, hopefully now tanking the right way. I doubt we'll get a top five pick, but I'm going to keep my fingers crossed on it. I think they're currently third from the bottom in the West, and we're tanking midway through the season, announcing it, kind of dumb in my opinion. I like the Mavericks, 24-21. and Luka Doncic been playing much better. I think up closer to the MVP conversations now. We'll see how the second half of the season goes. Keep it moving and hit the brakes on any of those. Uh, We can touch on the MVP a little more later, I'd imagine, so uh, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Go Luca. Go Mavs. Watch out for JJ Redick. Uh, the Kings took care of the Spurs. 132-115. Keep it moving or hit the brakes here, Rich. Covered De'Aaron Fox yesterday. De'Aaron yeah. Fox is a star. What do you got? I was going to say De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton have been incredible, but I'm not going to hit the brakes on a Kings-Spurs game just for everyone out there. Spurs are in trouble. I think they fall out on, <laughs> I think they fall out in the West. The Jazz, best record in the NBA, 35-11, and 11, took care of the Cavaliers, 114-75. Keep it moving or hit the brakes, Rich. We'll hit the brakes on the next two, but we're also going to keep it moving over a 45-point blowout of the Cavs and the Jazz. I got nothing to say on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Love Colin Sexton. Okay, yeah. Warriors. Steph Curry comes back. They're 1-4 without him after five games. They took care of the newly amped-up Bulls with Vucevic, yeah. 116-102. Warriors 23-24, Bulls 19-26. Interesting, both really slated in the play-in tournament slot right now. Keep it moving hit the brakes on these two teams, Rich. We'll hit the brakes on this one. I'm, uh, I didn't get to watch this game. I was watching the uh, Clippers-Bucks Clippers, Clippers game. Just, I don't know, better game on at the same time. But I do want to watch a little bit of the Bulls. Like, I'm interested in seeing how this works now that they got Vooch. Like, they should have. They already had a pretty good offense. Zach Levine's like having a historically efficient offensive year for like a jump shooter. He gets to the rim, but takes a lot of jump shots and sh- shots and shooting historically efficient this year. So yeah. they should have an even better offense with Boosh coming in there now. Uh, their defense, I'd imagine, is going to be brutal. The first thing I just did was to see if they got destroyed any more down low. But 
James Wiseman is not good, so obviously that did not happen last game, and Draymond yeah. Green doesn't really score, so that did not happen. But uh, I'd imagine they're going to get torched by most teams, whether it's down low or at the three-point line. The Bulls just don't have a good defense. Not that Wendell Carter was great, um, and Fuchs is a way better center, but Wendell Carter probably a marginally better defender, a little quicker guy down there, a little better uh, paint defender. So their defense is going to be rough, but good to see Steph Curry back. I I want to see the Warriors at the very least in the play-in tournament just because Steph Curry's exciting to watch, so I don't want to see them falling out of that. They're one game behind 500 right now, and they, they fell apart without Steph, rightfully so, when you look at this roster and you're giving Wiggins the ball trying to take you there, but they should be good with Steph back. Yeah, uh, love that point there. Uh, if Steph can stay healthy, I don't see the Warriors falling out of this play-in tournament. Steph's been unreal this year, and I think he deserves to be up in this MVP conversation as well, just with the Warriors kind of, and not like in the, you know what I'm saying, just like, just at least kind of there, because, yeah. I mean, the Warriors would be nothing without Steph, in my opinion. You, you'd be looking at a lottery pick, so uh, it's good to see him back, good to see him winning a game. I Here's my thing on the Bulls. I think Vucevic, if they can, they're going to keep him next year, obviously, right? Like, he's going to be there for a minute. The Zach Levine-Vuce combo. I think next season, I think building on that with Billy Donovan now there, um, bringing in some new pieces and, and picks, I think that'll be the time for the Bulls if you can keep Zach Levine around. Um, because just trying to do it this second half of the compacted season with all this uh, compaction with the standings i think it's gonna be tough for the bulls and i can't have all my teams in there so if i want the knicks and the whiz and a couple in lamello and the hornets are like it can't be all these teams so i think the bulls might be that team that i see sliding out i do think the warriors will stay in there uh two interesting teams that'll be tough for them if they do though because they gave the um magic their pick this year in the Vooch trade so if they if they don't get in the playoffs that's uh not great for them like i'm with you i know they're not making any real noise this year but like with making that trade with how close they are, I think it will be tough for them too, but that's not great if you don't make the playoffs and you just gave this year's pick to the team you just traded Booch for. Last one. We've covered them all. Uh, this is kind of fun, though. With these big slates, I'm like, dude, how am I going to cover all these games that happen without doing this? This actually works. Smaller bells going through this. The Clippers took care of the Bucks on a quiet six-game winning streak without Paul George last night, 129-105. Bucks now 29 and 17, inching to that 20 loss record in which I predicted going into the season. You looked at me sideways. I think the Bucks are legit um, in the Eastern Conference, but more losses than a lot of people projected. Something I was right about. Clippers, I also think, are a legitimate team in the Western Conference. We all kind of were hyped on them last year. Give them another year. Things I kind of, I'm being consistent with this. After, if you can keep a team together for their second year, I think it's a little bit better off than just going at it, bringing all these pieces in for a one year. I think that's something we're sleeping on with the Clippers right now and Kawhi Leonard, who's quietly an MVP candidate, in my opinion. Go ahead. We'll hit the brakes for this one. It was funny because I uh, this was the last game of the night. I'd like do DraftKings every night, so I looked at everything all night, and Paul George was playing. And I guess he got scratched, like, I don't know, like 20 minutes before the game. <clears throat> I didn't have him in any of my lineups, but I didn't see that. So I kept watching the game, and I was like, it was literally the third quarter, and I was like, yo, where is this dude, Paul George? I have not seen him once, and like looked up and didn't even realize he hadn't been playing. He keeps getting scratched like right before games when he gets scratched. Um, but no, this was a good matchup. I was actually surprised surprised to see the Clippers win this one. Kawhi looked really good out there. Um, I think one of the reasons they were the Clippers were so comfortable 
moving on from uh, Lou Williams as this Terrence Mann guy. Like he's he's been really good. He's got a good offensive game. Granted, Paul George wasn't playing. A little more usage opened up, but he was fourteen six and six last night. Pretty good defense. Way better defender than Lou Williams. I don't know about a great defender, but way better defender than Lou Williams. Uh, they had him out there for 35 minutes, so I think he's going to play a pretty big role for them going forward. I know they don't love Reggie Jackson, especially come playoff time. So I think Terrence Mann's going to be the guy that's out them a lot out there a lot for them. Rondo might dip in, dip into his playing time a little. I'd imagine if they traded for Rondo, they're at least going to have him out there like 15, probably 20 plus minutes a night in the playoffs. But I think Terrence Mann's going to be a good piece for them. It was a it was a good game, but I, I think Terrence Mann's a dude to watch in the second half of the season here. Kind of a guy most people probably don't know. Yeah, good points there. Uh, you thinking the Bucks are still going to be all right in the East? Yeah, um, they're without. They, they looked a little rocky to start the year. I mean, you were totally right at predicting their, them to be higher than that on the loss count. They looked rocky to start the year, but they lost Middleton, or excuse me, they lost uh, Giannis for a little bit at one point. They lost Holiday for a decent amount, and the team fell apart without Drew Holiday. Giannis was balling without him, but the, the team fell apart without Drew Holiday there, just having no perimeter defense. So I think they'll be good. I think Holiday's a huge addition for them come the playoff time. So. I'm not too worried about the Bucks. It's all going to come down to the uh, how do teams defend Giannis? Is he forcing jump shots and missing them? Is he getting in the paint and playing his game? But I think they're better suited this year than past years with Drew Holiday there and Middleton playing well. Yeah, true. I'm looking forward to seeing them come playoff time. Uh, all right, so I wanted to get into the MVP, and I did have a couple other topics, but I have a bunch of reads. You Give me a sec. I also got to take a bathroom break. I'm going to take a quick break. You cool with that? Yeah, sounds good. All right, I'll be right back in a second station. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Second station is brought to you by Callie's Love. A man's best friend is his dog. Shout out to Rescue Mutt to many, but a life-saving companion to me. To me, not that promotes true home happiness in a household, but a loving companion of a pet. Especially at a time like this, get yourself a level pet friend like mine at your local animal shelter, pound or nursery. Save their life and they just might save yours. Now it's time for your Sports Center update. Dustin Johnson withdraws from this week's Valario Texas Open, saying in a statement he will prepare for the Masters at home. Hopefully he doesn't fall down the stairs. Space Jam, a new legacy in theaters, HBO Max, July 16th. All those pictures surfacing yesterday on social media. Joe Burrow pushing Bengals to draft Jamar Chase. The Eagles believe there's a pretty good chance, quote, since he reunites the LSU teammates. Obviously, the Eagles would think that after missing on not only Justin Jefferson last draft, but DK Metcalf the draft prior. Andre Drummond has one goal with the Lakers saying, quote, I'm here to do anything. I'm not here to do anything besides win. Never played in a playoff game. Never won a playoff game. But I think this is a great move for the L.A. Lakers if they can get back healthy. NC State falls, becoming the first top seed to to bow out. Um, Number four, Indiana, did lose to Arizona. Arizona in the women's tournament makes their first Final Four appearance in program history. They will face UConn, who took care of Baylor. Memphis Tigers win the NIT championship, defeating Mississippi State 77-64 to win its second title in the event. Last was in 2002. Syracuse Tiana Magandhia closed her college career after coming back from stage 2 breast cancer. She now plans on starting her own foundation to help those who can't afford treatment. 
Basketball Africa League to debut May 16th. The league to have 12 teams across Africa playing a 26-game season. Marcus Robinson did have his surgery yesterday on a fractured foot for the New York Knicks. No timetable on the center's return to the team. Hugh Jackson said that he was no doubt, quote, lied to by Brown's ownership. Um, A lot of lying done in sports. Not really much credibility in that for me. Saw Mike Woodson reaching out to Larry Brown, 80-year-old former college coach before St. I don't even know where he was at before uh, that. Missed that one. The NBA draft is to be held July 29th. The draft lottery will be June 22nd. Urban Meyer says, quote, Lawrence is the direction the Jags are going with the number one overall pick. The 49ers also confirmed they plan to draft a QB with the number three overall pick. You may be looking at four quarterbacks with the first four picks. That would be the first time that's ever happened. You got pro days, 90 schools all month long on NFL Network. Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback pro day today. We all saw Zach Wilson's pro day. But I think people read a little bit too much into pro days. Uh, Let's see. Y'all remember the coldest Crawford? Well, he's heading to play college football at LSU. Saints cornerback Marshawn Lattimore was arrested late this past Thursday night in Cleveland on suspicion of receiving stolen property. Jail records indicate Lattimore was arrested around 10.30 p.m., also charges of carrying a concealed weapon failure to notify. Francis Naganu dethrones Miocic this past weekend with a devastating knockout. Looking at a new era with Naganu and John Jones and a lot going on between Dana White and John Jones. We'll see if John Jones fights Francis Naganu. Rick Carlisle vowed that he's wowed by Zion Williamson, his 23rd consecutive game with 20 points, 50 plus field goal shooting. He's Shaq with port point guard skills. Minnesota Duluth outlast note the quarter in a five overtime game on the Frozen Four to advance. To face UMass, 119 shot on goal got the game done. Is five overtimes too long to go in sports? Saw that coming up a good amount. Finally, Billy Horschel, he had a 2%, 0.2% chance in winning the bracket picked by all individuals. Billy Horschel took down three former winners, two players in the top 10 to win the WGC Dell Technologies match play event this past week. Masters right around the corner. Right around the corner getting back into it a little bit with Rich after a quick break. SMU, that's where Larry Brown coached and yes, Rich corrected me listening to the read. Andre Drummond has played in the playoffs, but has never won a playoff game. They got swept. Uh, but I do think that's a great move. Uh, let's see. If, let me just make sure I got the record right recording here for the... Rich wants okay. to talk some MVP. And a lot of people got James Harden as MVP. Take a listen to my man, James Harden. games. He had his 29th 40, 
He doesn't understand? Rich, you want me to tell you why? He played nine games and quit on his team. And let me also say something. He's also on a team right now that we've just talked about earlier in the podcast that we're calling a now super team. I would argue he's not even the best player on that team. And okay, Kevin Durant's been out a lot. He's been carrying the load. Kyrie's been missing games. All right, we've been seeing ISO do it himself, James Harden. But we won't be seeing that when KD's back. We won't be seeing that when KD, Kyrie, all these Blake and LaMarcus Aldridge guys are on the court. James Harden is doing exactly what he did in Houston, being a one-man show. And if that gets you an MVP sometimes, it got Russ one once maybe. But here's the thing. It's not going to do that when you're not doing it throughout the entire season. It is a full-season award. And when you go look at his first nine games quitting with Houston and how he played, not great. When you go look at his first few games with the Nets, not great. And when you go look at once KD comes back, I will argue all his numbers, all those NBA history stats we're going with James Harden, puts up incredible numbers, those are going to go down. Just like his numbers were when KD was playing, and he won't even be close to the MVP conversation. Go ahead. Oh, man. Someday we'll just have an honest James Harden or Tom Brady discussion, maybe. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. All right. I am not going to get on here and say James Harden is the runaway MVP. I don't blame him for feeling that way. The same way I don't believe blame Draymond Green for thinking he's the best all-time defender, even though I don't agree with it. It's like you got to have that confidence in yourself to be one of these guys. So I got no problem with that. I think it's him, Jokic, or Lillard right now. And I'm starting to lean him over Jokic or Lillard at this point. So – I think if you want to argue um, the Rockets games as, as a case against them, I think that's fair. I, I don't really have much of an argument against that. My main argument against that would be when we're talking most valuable player, we're talking his value to the Nets. So you could knock him for some degree for like what happened with the Rockets, and I agree with that. Should have been a better teammate there. Wasn't even on the Nets the whole year. Played part of the season with the Rockets. But the way the reason I'd say he is the most in the contending for the most valuable player right now and the way I expect the season to go, maybe who I expect to get it at this point, is because of the value he's brought to the Nets. He's only missed one game on the Nets. Kyrie Irving has missed half the games he's been there. Kevin Durant has missed 75% of the games he's been there. Without James Harden, this team is falling to like play-in level of the Eastern Conference. Nah, 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 nah. Play-in level? Come on, Rich. They're a two-seed right now. Who's Who's... James Harden has played every game but one since he's been there. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving together have missed about 40% of the games. Kevin Durant himself, 75% of the games. Without Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, before Blake Griffin signed, who's the next best player on this team? How in the world are they getting wins? Joe Harris trying to put up 40 a game? They're not getting wins without those guys playing. James Harden is literally pulling this team with him. And if you say he's playing iso ball, and I would say... Hold on, hold on. Hold on. So that's where I'll agree with you. He's pulling the team. But I'm saying he's only doing that because these guys aren't playing. And so when you go and look at this full season in which KD is going to be back at some point, right? Kyrie played last night. I think he had 40 points. Is that MVP when you got other guys scoring 40? Like, no. We used to knock LeBron James for having guys on his team that were going for 35 a night. And not win an MVP during those he seasons. Won, He's he with got MVP during those years, though. He won MVP on a super team with Dwayne Wade having one of the best years of his careers. Like the, that's not a knock. And Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant haven't been there most of the season. I, I 
without them, the Nets would be without James Harden, the Nets would be significantly lower in the conference. He's putting up absurd shooting splits, absurd games right now. Just his last two games, or his last few games, 38, 13, and 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 14 and 8. Oh, I've seen him. No, no, I've seen him. But I'm saying he's putting up those numbers without these guys on the court. And I'd argue this, Rich, if they get back on the court... Is he going to be able to put up those numbers to be an MVP conversation when you got Jokic, when you got Lillard putting up these numbers? Same that's, as that's you could say the same thing for Lillard. That's like knocking Lillard's numbers and being like, oh, he's only putting up those numbers because Nurk and CJ are off the court. It's like, yeah, but he's still putting up those numbers. He's doing what he has to do to make the team win. Like he can't help that. Yeah, but dude, are Nurk and McCollum, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? No, but the point is you don't you don't take away the numbers someone puts up while their teammates are injured. It's like their teammates are injured, so they're putting up absurd numbers to make their team win. That's like being like, oh, Russell Westbrook shouldn't have won the MVP because like there was no one else on his team to get stats. It's like, yeah, but he got the stats and got them wins while doing it, so he was the most valuable. I think you're player. misunderstanding my point. Like when when Kevin Durant was playing, like I had Kevin Durant in the MVP conversation, not James Harden. James Harden was on the Nets. I would say this, Kevin Durant. So when James Harden and KD are on the floor, is James Harden the MVP of the league? No, he's not. And for people like Jay Williams, that's an... But that hasn't been the scenario. That hasn't been the scenario. I know, but... In a perfect world where Kevin Durant is healthy and playing all year, James Harden probably can't win an MVP because Kevin Durant's the best player on the court. However, Kevin Durant has barely been on the court, and James Harden has been the one getting them wins. So you can't be like, oh, like, if Kevin Durant was on the court, like, he hasn't been. If Kevin Durant came back today and put up an extreme second half of the season, then James Harden would have no shot at the end. Yeah, I'm just saying, though. I'm not saying he's coming back today. But if he comes back in two weeks and he still contributes, and you go take the first nine games he played with Houston, it is a full-season award, bro. That is why he's not in the odds in the conversation, because this is a full-season award. Katie will be back at some point. Katie was playing at some point. James Harden was not the MVP. James Harden was not the MVP on the Rockets. This is exactly why. This is exactly not why. the MVP on the Rockets? The first nine games? <laughs> oh, oh. I, did, I thought you were talking about his last MVP. I'm talking oh. about this season. I'm talking about this oh. season MVP okay, award. I'm talking about why James Harden is not the clear front runner. That There is just no there is no reason you can put him over these think, guys. I don't think he's a clear front runner right now, but I don't think it's – I don't think there's a – it's hard to argue him, Lillard, or Jokic for it right now. And when it's all said and done, I don't think Lillard's going to be there at the end of the season. I just don't, even though I would love to see him. Fair, fair. But I will say this. I'll agree with you that he deserves to be in the conversation. I'll say that James Harden absolutely deserves to be in the MVP conversation. But I've been hearing a lot that he is the MVP right now. He feels he's the MVP, which, by the way, I don't like that. Like, do you hear guys coming out saying, oh, I'm the MVP? Like, I get your point, but like, do you think Draymond Green coming out saying, oh man, I'm the best defender of all time is a good look? No, that's a fucking horrible look. Do you think James Harden... Yeah, Uh, LeBron James has been asked that question a million times. Does he come out and say, I feel like I'm the MVP? He says, I've literally said, I feel like I'm the greatest player of all time after winning the 2016 ring. Yeah. That's a 10 10 times level higher than that. What do you... like? That's there's nothing wrong. That's not nah nah nah. That's not the same thing, dude. That's not saying, oh, I'm the MVP when asked, oh, I'm the MVP. You know what LeBron just says? Say something about oh nice teammates or something. What? LeBron said he thought he deserved the MVP last year over Giannis before the MVP voting was done. 
So, like, yes, everyone does this every year. I, I will send you the link of him saying that. <laughs> he literally said that. Everyone does this. All right. Dudes feel like they deserve the MVP. All right, let's, all right, that. hold on. So, you gave me a little, you gave me a little clout in the beginning of this segment on, I do want to, I do want to recognize something real quick. Um, I, I had this post up yesterday and I saw this again, so I had it in the post again today. I don't know if you saw this, but I do respect this right here. I respect this. Kevin Durant, he said to quote, on leading an NBA team alone, I'll never be able to do anything that I really want to do on earth by myself. I respect that. I respect that out of Kevin Durant. I really do. And Tom Brady coming out and putting his name to this quote and saying, absolutely right, always about teamwork in all caps, I respect that as well out of Tom Brady. You want to know why? You want... No, 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 no. You want to know why? I do respect that because he's admitting that it's not all about him, that it's not all about Oh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. He needs his team. He needs his run game. He needs his defense. That's how he has all these rings. He needs his coach. It's not just Tom Brady winning seven rings. And I respect the fact that he's going to... This is my thing on Tom Brady. I'm going to grow to like this man more over time because he's going to be on TV once he retires. He's going to be saying stuff that I respect. But, like, the fact that the way people cover him right now, the way people talk about him right now, Really bothers me, dude, because we only talk about the good. We don't put a lot of context into not only the bad, but how he got to the good. And that bothers me with this man. We just talk about the fact that he has all these damn accolades, which are incredible. I tr- I don't knock them, but let's talk about some context to get to some of those. Let's talk about some of his quotes, his exact quote, context, where it is all about teamwork. I respect that. And I respect that quote from Kevin Durant. I'm sure you got something to say about that. That was that was good, right? I I, I was good on yeah. Tom Brady there. I I w- was expecting that to go in a different direction. That was good. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean it's a fair quote. I think at the end of the day, it, it's it's gonna hurt him a little bit in all time player ranks. Like people are gonna say, like, you know, if they win a ring this year, they're gonna be like, oh, his rings came in like uh, Steph Curry led team that won seventy three wins with the greatest team of all time in a year where he played thirty games and James Harden and Kyrie Irving were out. There. Like people are going to knock him for it. Kevin Durant's going to be an all time player of all time, but like at the end of the day, all that really matters is if you're happy with what you're doing. If he's saying like, nah, I'm happy with this. I want to be with like with my boys. This is how I want to do it. I'm like, yeah, fuck what everyone else thinks. I guess, yeah, I, I got no problem with it at all. No, I agree. Uh, the last, the last thing I'll say on the whole James Harden, Kevin Durant thing is if Kevin Durant is healthy, playing a full season, Kevin Durant is obviously the all-time better player, the more efficient, the better player than James Harden. So, like, I'd agree with you in a perfect world, like kind of like Anthony Davis and LeBron. Like, if Anthony Davis is healthy all year, LeBron probably can't be the MVP because Anthony Davis is so good. Yep. But, like, it, that hasn't been the situation. So yes. So he does have a chance at winning the sure. NBA. Sure, but, but but all I'm saying is we still got a good amount of games in the NBA left, right? Is Kevin Durant going to be out for another a month? Okay, then maybe James Harden is MVP. But if he is not out, out for that long, I think there's no way he's in that conversation with, with those first this. nine games, with, with the first couple games with the Brooklyn. I don't. I do not. That's fair. They have a lot of back-to-backs. Every team has a lot of back-to-backs the second half of the season. And I'll guarantee you Kevin Durant is not touching the floor in back-to-backs. And I think he's out at least another two weeks still since they keep pushing it back and pushing it back. So then, okay, then this is my thing too. This is what worries me about the Nets being this lock out of the East. Uh, I do want to just throw a couple of these quotes in on the Nets because we talked a lot about them today. I saw Steve Nash with a quote saying, I don't know what we're supposed to do. Stand pat and not try and improve? 
Um, okay, like if you think bringing in Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin improves you, that's fine. Like I, whatever, I respect it. Uh, like that's fine. Like if the Nets don't win, like you have no excuses now because you made all the moves you quote unquote wanted to make. I thought Blake Griffin's quote was hilarious when Blake Griffin says he doesn't understand why fans are mad at the Brooklyn Nets for adding former All-Stars to the roster, saying, quote, all I heard for two years was how bad I am. Uh, kind of funny because he was pretty bad for two years. I mean, what, like, what, like, we talked about you being bad because you were bad, bro. Like, okay, turn it around maybe. Like, if you might help. Uh, we mentioned the Draymond Green stuff, uh, best defender all time. Totally disagree with that, but Draymond Green also had zero points, uh, played over 27 minutes against the Atlanta Hawks this past Friday, did not attempt a shot the most minutes he's played without attempting one. Uh, the meme was best defender ever, but I don't really get that because he had zero points. It really has nothing to do with defense, but, uh, I mean, if you get a steal, you can at least get a bunny layup, whatever. Uh, I don't think he's the best defender all time. I wouldn't even say he's the best defender in the NBA right now. Uh, but I respect the, uh, like you said, the the belief of that, the confidence of that is the only way you can really be. And he, he is a great defender. I think he, he could go down as a, a top 5, 10 uh, all-time defender, but not he's not above fucking Dennis Rodman and some of these guys. We're like, come on, dude. Like, what? Like, chill out. He's Don't a, be saying that stuff. Unique, he's <laughs> a unique defender in that it's hard to compare him to someone else. Like, he can guard a point guard very well. He could guard a center that's Agreed. taller than him where he, very well he could agreed really well. like he does everything very well agreed and he's not in his prime right now and this might sound ridiculous but like it's even tough to say like he did it in the playoffs so it sounds ridiculous but to me ben simmons right now i won't say he's a better all-time defender but could be a better defender than any year draymond was in his career because he's just so quick and long and can also guard the one yeah i don't know if i'm willing to go that far because i do think draymond green's uh like iq towards defense is is. something really special where like you just don't you just don't see that often it's something i used to do as a as a smaller guy stripping it from the bigger guys in the paint like you just have to have that type of iq on defense uh you got to respect that so I think that's the the portion of his argument that a lot of people don't understand unless you're a true basketball fan. Uh, but Ben Simmons could get there. Uh, just needed to give a quick shout-out to Pop before we get out of here on a little NBA Top Shot talk, which uh, Greg Pop, career total coaching wins, now 1,300, uh, passing Jerry Sloan, uh, just third all-time third all time, uh, behind Lenny Wilkins with 1,332. So he's looking to pass him. And Don Nelson, 1,335, looking like he's going to pass him. Uh, so Greg Pop, uh, I assume he's going to be on the way out soon. I said he was going to retire this year. I think it's I think it's going to be, obviously, this pass after this year. He's going to coach the Olympics, right? I mean, I don't think he's coming back, bro. Like, come on. Like, Becky Hammond, give her the job. That'd be incredible. Uh, I think that needs to happen. Anyways, uh, unless you have anything else, I just wanted to say I got my first pack on NBA Top Shot last night, technically. Um, I waited for two hours and 45 minutes to get it, and it was $9. Um, Here's my thing, dude. I think Top Shot's cool. I think they need to expand it. I think having – I saw Bryson DeChambeau saying uh, golf Top Shot. I've seen other athletes. I think if you expand this to all sports, it would be – it would pop off even more. I think that's something they need to do. I was checking the marketplace last night. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool, but, like, bro, if this was all sports, like, this would pop off. Um, They need to consider that. So if NBA Top Shot ever listens to the pod or ever listens to this, they need to consider that. Also, they need to consider fixing how long this shit takes. Because, bro, some days I'm doing this at work, and I can't be checking this shit for three hours straight. So, like, I'm going to miss out on packs. 
And then other nights I'm doing it when I'm getting home from work and I have to stay up till fucking midnight to get a pack. Like, bro, here's my thing. It's on different time standards. Like they got to fix this a little bit. Someone's got to get in touch with Top Shot. I don't know if they're going to listen to the fucking pot or not. They got to figure something out. You got to get in that discord. Like everyone blast them 24 seven in that thing. They respond in real time too. Like they're. I good i'm about to put idea. the pot i'm about the to idea. snip this and put it in there i'm about to snip this and put it in there because yo what is good like i saw a dude the other day on outside the lines i've been watching on saturdays because i've been off outside the lines is great by the way jeremy chef uh they did an nba top shot little stint bro they got like over i think they said it was like three hundred thousand users like 400 million in sales something ridiculous bro like this yeah. is legit like yeah. my dude mustard uh that's been following along he's also third in the uh Seggy Station Bracket Challenge behind my brother and dad, by the way. My dad's in first, brother in second, Musty in third. Shout out Seggy Station Bracket Challenge. Still still going on, though. Uh, we'll wait and see who wins that. But he went and, dude, he completed a whole challenge. He got one of those uh, 10 for 10s or 0 for 9s collectible challenges or whatever. Got a jokic. Bro, like, if you do... If you do the challenges, bro, you end How up getting... How bread he, he put in, like, a thousand plus dollars, huh? He put in 500 beans. He, I'm like, yo, what? He's like, yeah, I got nice. my stimmy. I'm like, you're a fucking bot. But I respect he it. He put up more than 500 I respect beans it, to dude. the cards to go 10 out of 10. Nah, dude, I respect it. I, th- I don't think he did, bro. I, I don't think he did, bro, because... It, he, I don't know. I'll have to ask him. But, like, dude, okay, this is my whole thing. We talked about it a little bit. You had a screen share on it. I think NBA Top Shot's legit. I think they need to expand it, though. I think it needs to be golf moments. That'd be dope. I think NFL OBJ catches would be unreal. I think MLB dives in the outfield. Like, bro, why not expand this to all sports? If it's popping off like this, you don't think people want this for all sports? Like, dude, come on. Is anybody saying that in the Discord? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People want it for all sports. I don't know the legalities of it. Like, I don't know if there, it's because I think there's other companies that would like to take the idea. Because a lot of people are displeased with NBA Top Shot and kind of like how they've run so far. And I think part of it's just because they were like a small, pretty small startup thing up until like two months ago where they blew up. But I don't know. That excuse only works for so long. So I think there's other places that would like to take the idea for other sports. I don't know if Top Shot like owns the rights to other sports i know they have a partnership with the nba to pull this off but yeah i'm sure there i'm sure there are legalities of it that other places are trying to do here's my thing once a a legitimate one comes to light it'll it'll blow up yeah let me just say something real quick let me just say something i still think it's ridiculous that we can't do like the fan duel sports bet booting or sports bet betting like everyone else that's so dumb um, like I do DraftKings or whatever. I check my overlay. I've been doing that. Like I'll go check that and do that. I put a little money in my, I do that every day, bro. Do you check your NBA top shot every day? Like I'm asking you, I only go in there when you hit me up and you're like, you're hitting me up and you're like, yo, like they're doing a drop. Like, all right, I go in there, like mess around in my account, whatever. I try and do the drop. Like, bro, if they had this for all sports and like, this was a thing where it was like not run like that. Bro, I would I would definitely be in on that every day or night. Like I am all these other yeah. platforms, checking in, doing whatever. Like, bro, that's the thing. I don't understand how they don't understand this. Like, it, there's I I'm talking to kids at my job, bro, that are high schoolers. They're like, yo, you got NBA Top Shot? I'm like, yeah. They're like, yeah, bro, I got fucking like twenty. Like, dude, there's kids in high school that have way more shit than me. You, you and yeah. you and me, I bet you've been following it more than me. Like, your account's pretty dope, but like, I'm just starting out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. There's so many people just starting out, but I feel like I can't even start out because the fucking site is so buns. 
it's it's tough it's tough to get them because it's it's such an instant money grab and so many people have learned that you get like a you get a pack and it's just instant roi like you're not losing money on it there's no possible way uh what challenge did you say your boy got mustard nikola jokic yeah bro no he yeah no he didn't the whole the whole icon challenge three jokic one yeah cards you the cards you have to get are out of 99 cards for it to get the Jokic one so for example no nah, like, no nah, he said he had to get 10 he sent me a picture of it 10 no, no, out of 10 no no, no 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 I know the 10 cards you have to get there's like you have to get a Victor Oladipo which is a one out of 99 the lowest price for one of them is $3,800 for like he he spent he spent like thousands of dollars if he pulled that off got that challenge so I don't, I don't know how that works all right i'm gonna have to check in on that i mean he listens to the pod so he'll reach out to me when he hears this hopefully but uh maybe it's a different one that i'm missing or a different yeah one you're probably checking up like a crazy one like i don't know well, he just did only, one i the only reason i checked is because i was looking at the Jokic challenge yesterday and i saw it i was like bro this would literally cost like twelve thousand dollars to complete this challenge so like when you said that i was like no fucking way he did that all like, right. Yeah, if he did, good for him. Yeah. Maybe there's a different Jokic one that ended or something that I'm not seeing. But yeah, I'll, I'll have to touch base with you on that. Anyways, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I had for today. Uh, glad we got to get in one last pod because I know now this is your official week of starting up your new whatever team you're calling. Yeah. So good luck with it'll that. Be, it'll. I'll still have we'll have to do some. We'll sure. have to do maybe some just... pods maybe in the later evening or whatever, whatever it is. I'll still still have time for sure. It's just less of like, oh yeah, I'm open all day. Let me know whenever. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Word. So we'll, we'll link up, enjoy them sports and, uh, for sure. Good NBA, uh, chat today. For sure. Good talking, man. All right, brother. Peace. Peace, bro. Rich. Saw Micah Parsons Instagram story. Uh, Penn State linebacker, shout out the Giants who, as I talked about yesterday, brought in uh, Danny Shelton, uh, could help fill the void of Dalvin Thompson, making a lot of great moves. And then I saw that the Giants are ranked 21st in uh, offseason free agency acquisitions across the league, which I just find laughable. Um, all right, fine, whatever, dude. Every, everyone's sleeping on us. Everyone thinks we're buns. Um, that's fine, dude. That's Story of my life, really. Whatever. We'll we'll just wait and see how it plays out, and wait and see how the draft goes. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of a lot of mac a lot of mocks, obviously pro days, and I just got to play one last recording here before I finish up the pod. Uh, Lewis Riddick, who I think is one of the best NFL analysts, to be honest, and he, in my opinion, puts it best with what's going on with all these pro days. Let me try and find it. Yeah, here we go. I think Lewis Riddick breaks it down best with pro days, mock drafts, all this stuff heading up to the NFL draft. Let's just let's just wait and see. And he throws the football in ways that a lot of us can only dream of doing. I get it. But at the same time, look, when he gets out on the football field, if he starts getting his head knocked around and he's under duress all the time, they don't have the benefit of a strong running game in order to take some pressure off of him. If they don't play good defense and if they don't protect him, Zach Wilson is going to go by the wayside that many other quarterbacks did who also look great in pro days. It will happen, I guarantee it. So Joe Douglas and the crew up there better make sure they protect him and build this program the right way. Otherwise, that throw day, I mean, that throw on throw day, 
It's going to be right next to all the garbage that you know, DeMarcus Russell put out there on his pro day, which no one cares about at this point. Nobody cares what you did on your pro day. So get excited. But really what it's going to come down to is, can you win on third down? Can you win football games? Can your organization protect you? And I hope, for Zach Wilson's sake, that that's what they do. In the- Literally the best said uh, statement I've heard on the NFL draft Recently, because I saw and been following sports talk here for a minute, like Peyton Manning, he had a horrible pro day. I think he turned out all right. Like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like this pro day stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Like, all right, we can watch it on NFL Network if you want. But let's just wait and see which team gets who, which player, and how they look come when they get to the league. Because we've seen time and time again. I mean, the Niners trading up. Three pick. Oh, yep, we got our guy at quarterback. You know, over the last 15 seasons, we've had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five teams trade up to the top three to select a quarterback, and Sam Darnold is the only player still with that team that drafted him. Number three overall in 2018, Sam Darnold, and I don't think he's going to be with the Jets this year. You got Mitchell Trubisky, 2017, number two overall, Chicago Bears. We know that story. We got Jared Goff, 2016, L.A. Rams, number one overall. We know that story. Traded this offseason. Carson Wentz, Philadelphia Eagles, number two overall, 2016. We know that story. Robert Griffin III, 2012, Washington football team, currently looking to keep the name, number two overall, We know that story. You know what's going to happen? You're going to miss out on probably one of these guys. One of these guys is going to be a bust. One of these wide receivers is going to be a bust. Happened to the Eagles two years in a row. One of these quarterbacks or two aren't going to be great. Three of them might. One of them might be elite. No one knows. That's the whole point. Pro days don't matter. Mock drafts, all that stuff, don't matter. Trades, all that stuff leading up to the draft day. Draft day starting April 29th through May 1st. All that stuff that goes on during the draft, that's when it matters. Just real quick, reminders with the NFL draft. One month away, officially from yesterday, covered that on the pod. Most picks had this upcoming draft. The Eagles with 11. Shout out Dukes. Fewest picks. Shout out Mina Kimes. Seahawks with three. Most in the top 100, Jaguars, Dolphins, and Jets with five. Teams with multiple ones, Jaguars with one and 25. Jets with two and 23. Dolphins with six and 18. Teams without a number one overall or a number one first round pick, I'm sorry, are the Texans, Seahawks, and Rams. Three teams without a first round pick. Just a few quick nuggets on the draft, which is a month away from yesterday. Definitely looking forward to that. Definitely looking forward to watching the Elite Eight games tonight, both men's and women's. Be tuning up. Smaller slate on the NBA tonight. Four games, I believe, maybe five. Uh, Obviously going to be stay tuned in on the sports talk. Much love for Rich coming through. Obviously a controversial call that will be talked about between Baylor and UConn. We'll put some context into the situation. Stop throwing hate on my man Russ and NFL offseason activities free agency continues to be the talk of the town Deshaun Watson 
serious trouble for Deshaun Watson as now 19 overall lawsuits, more to come potentially, a message from a therapist, Watson acted, Watson acted inappropriately during a session with her in 2019, he's apparently deleting Instagram messages and all this stuff. Um, she is not one of the women who has filed a lawsuit, but is sharing her story with the hope that it will push Watson to get help and issue a formal apology. Yikes. Like, it's crazy the amount that the sports media and guys like us, me, whatever, were talking about Sean Watson and demanding a trade and all that kind of went on with that before this story even came out. And now this story leads to Sean Watson and his future, his career, I mind you, because this is not good. Uh, we'll see where he ends up legally before he can end up on a football team. And in my opinion, he'll be suspended, no doubt, by the NFL. Dude's got some serious issues going on. And in my opinion, so do the NCAA. Talked about it a little bit. Nation's highest court system is set to weigh in on the business model of college sports supreme court could potentially mold the ncaa futures i think this is huge for not only equality for men's and women's sports but for paying athletes potentially in college supreme court news coming out on the ncaa huge news obviously the controversial call baylor uconn but uconn advances Paige beckers is elite 28 points Last night, 10-22 field goals, UConn 13th straight Final Four appearance. They will take on Arizona. Two more games tonight in the women's setup. First one being Texas versus South Carolina on ESPN. And as I mentioned, you'll have two men's games as well on TBS tonight. UC at USC, I'm sorry, for Keyshawn. Takes on number six, Gonzaga, remaining undefeated team in the conference in the whole entire tournament 29 and 0 looking to become the first team to go undefeated and win the ncaa tournament since 1976 indiana hoosiers which we covered picked up mike woodson and we'll see how that goes for the indiana hoosiers mike woodson never coached a college basketball game before ucla number 11 seed Cinderella with Mick Cronin takes on Jawan Howard in Michigan in the nightcap. Definitely some air seeding by the committee in the Pac-12. Six, 11, and 12 seeds in the Elite Eight, all three of those being Pac-12 teams. Tournament's been good. NBA has been fire. NFL free agency has been endless. Topics have been good. Sports have been great. Enjoy them. That's all I have for the airwaves today. Appreciate all love and support. Hopefully you get in the giveaway this week. Still had no shame what I had to say. Just a man with a nickname. Till next time. We'll see you hopefully next Monday. You're listening to Seggy Station. Peace and love. Stay safe out there. Seggy Station.